from Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. Um, verse number 17 of John 19. It says, carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Remember how humbled I was when I was in Israel and we got to see that the last day we were there. It's just beyond words. And then in Luke chapter 14, verse 27, notice this about for you and me. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And I got a lot to say in just a few minutes, but I want to show you two things out of that. We all have a cross to carry. You see that? But it also says we got to follow him. God didn't leave us in the dark, folks. Sometimes we're in the dark. We haven't, we haven't pursued what we need to. But every one of us have a cross to carry. Yeah, we're talking about the nativity and pray and go. But every one of us have been gifted in Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, then you have gifts that God gave to you to enhance the body of Christ and to fulfill the gospel. But also know this. There's also obedience, and, uh, obedience involved. You can know the cross you're supposed to carry, but you still, look at that. Go back to the second verse, guys. I'm sorry. It's my fault. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So we have the cross to carry, but we also have to walk in obedience. We come after him. Wherever God leads us, we follow him in obedience. So just, just grasp that as we unpackage this today. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. Uh, God, I, you know today. You know all the things. You know all the dynamics. You knew them before we were standing in, in this place today. God, I pray that you would use us, my words, my thoughts, everything would bring glory and honor to you. And most of all, just as I just said, all of us would walk in obedience for us to further the gospel, for us to be ministers, for us to be the bridge between you and humanity, for them to see Christ in our life. God, just use us, and we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory now and the things that, that you compel us to do in obedience to you in the coming days. And God will give you praise, for we ask you and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I've had a, for, I don't even remember, I, I think it's before ministry for me to tell you this, I, I've had a fascination with the cross. Um, I remember one of the first things, it's going to really sound crazy, but um, I, I grew up in Georgia, all right? I'm a Georgia boy, uh, still root for the University of Georgia and, and all that, and, and uh, I, I'm just a Georgia boy, Atlanta Braves, all of it, okay? But my hometown was actually, for several years, was actually the site where the electric chair was. I can remember right beside a big ballpark where we'd go practice and recreational ball. There was this big building that was obsolete and it was just huge, big brick building. And it just sat out there by itself. And, and one day folks told us, they said, uh, and I was a teenager, they said, they still have the electric chair in there. And I, I remember, I still think about it when I ride by it now and, and see it. I think, and they tell me it's not in there now. But I remember thinking, wow, the electric chair. And, of course, they've changed that in the state of Georgia. Most states have because of humane things or whatever. But I remember years ago I had this thought that only God could take the cross, which is like the electric chair, and put it around everybody's neck. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but only God could take a symbol of execution, the electric chair for the state of Georgia for many years, only God could change the scenario through love and grace and, and hope and love all, and, and mercy and all those things. Only God could do that and make it a symbol that we revere and respect. Today, I've been fascinated. If you look around, we've got three crosses on your left. We've got the, the four quadrants of the cross on your right. Uh, there's crosses everywhere. Well, we have them here 
The cross wall, we already talked about that. Our cross that, that uh, Bo built and has the plexiglass in the front so we can show, our, show the families that, that we're putting the pray and go that we're ministering to and touching there. The reason we do all those things and many others is because the cross is everything. I love music too. I am one of those. I like all ty- I like a, a lot of different types of music. I even like old twangy country music gospel song every now and then. Don't take much of it. But I like that. I just like, there's amazing. I love the hymns of old. I started thinking about the cross and those types of things. People that have sung about the cross right up to modern day. You got the old rugged cross. Um, haven't mentioned him much, but often I think of John Nyhoff, Miss Beth. How many times he walked by me and he would say, Brother Jay, I need it. Go get him today. I need it. You got to preach to me. I need it rugged. He loved that word. I need the sermon rugged. I, I need something that's going to move me, and it's, it, it's going to leave marks on me. And I'm reminded of one that wrote the old rugged cross. I'm reminded of, of hymns like in the cross or at the cross or at Calvary, near the cross. The old hymn, when I survey the wondrous cross, and the way of the cross leads home, and many, many more. Chris Tomlin took the old hymn, the wondrous cross, and, and, and re-recorded it. It's a phenomenal song, and Lately, I've been listening to a song by Elevation Worship called The Mighty Cross. I like that one. It's a lot different <laughs> than, than what you might think. And then one of my favorite groups got to be friends with them years ago. Suzanne and I actually had them in our house many years ago. The Martins sang a song, and Joyce wrote the song entitled Shadow of the Cross. And then a Southern Gospel group, and we listen to it often, the Ball Brothers, B-A-L-L, the Ball Brothers sing It's About the Cross. Literally. I have preached dozens of sermons in different aspects of the cross. Just been fascinated with it. I've talked about the dynamics of it. I went back and read through some things and got way out in the weeds in my sermons, you know. The nature of it, the function of it, the design of it. How many times you've heard me say the vertical and horizontal of the cross? I even have a sermon where I talked about the intersection of the cross. Is that you're not gonna, you're not gonna have a horizontal part of the cross in your life and minister to other people if you don't have the vertical and they both intersect. Only know we could go. And it's fitting for today to see the people in costume about the nativity. It's fitting today to talk about pray and go. It's fitting for us to be mindful about carrying our cross because that's what God compels us to do. The text says Jesus carried his cross by himself. And when he couldn't do it any longer, we found Simon of Serene to carry his cross on to Golgotha. What a great picture that is for us. Is that God expects us to come alongside of Jesus himself and carry our cross. In so much that Jesus said in the gospel of Luke, you heard it. He said, if you don't carry your cross and, and obey me, you're not fit to be my disciple. So all of that has occurred today for us to talk about the cross. I, I want to give you a few thoughts, okay? And when I think about it, it's, it's almost summary of everything that I've said thus far. But when I think about the cross, I just want to give you some things to think about, okay? And the first one is this. When I think about the cross, the first thing that comes to mind is the message of it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, we find this verse. It says, for the word of the cross, in the king, and this is Christian standard, and in the King James, it's the preaching of the cross, but the word of the cross, in other words, as we articulate, as we verbalize to other people about the cross, it says, for the word of the cross, when people express about the cross, it's foolishness to those who are perishing. And you need to hear this. If you have a coworker that doesn't know the Lord, if you have a family member, if you have a neighbor that says, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of, who would go to church and listen to a guy scream and holler as loud as I'm screaming and hollering today? Why would we do that? 
Sunday's about our only day off. And we're going to go and do these kind of things. Why would I dress up in a costume? Why would I give two days in, in the month of December? Why would I give a Friday and a Saturday or, one of, or both of the days? Why would I do that? That's so crazy. And I'll tell you, the world thinks we're crazy. They might even know we're crazy. The best I've ever heard, I am a nut, but bless God, I'm screwed on the right bolt. <laughs> All right? Here's a thought. It's going to be foolishness to them until they know who we know and they experience Christ for themselves. So when you're trying to get them to understand, there's no way for them to understand. The Word of God says so. But for you and me, <laughs> it's the power. The cross is the power of God to us who are saved. The message of the cross. It's the only way. What is the message? The message is a love story like no other. That God loved the unlovable. He did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind and he took my place and all those things about the cross. We got to understand. It's the message. Matthew Henry. That might not be a name you know except for me to tell you. You ever heard of Matthew Henry commentaries? A six-volume commentary that there's no telling the tens of thousands, maybe million preachers that have read the Matthew Henry commentary. But he said this, and it's sort of wordy, but listen, it's so good. He said, come and see the victories of the cross. Christ's wounds are thy healings. His agonies thy repose, his conflicts thy conquest, his groans thy songs, his pains thine ease, his shame thy glory, his death thy life, his sufferings thy salvation. Says a lot about the cross, doesn't it? Puts it in perspective, the message. We need to understand that. Can't be said any clearer. Well, and yet we need to understand that the word of God clearly states it too. First John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. Look at this. And you know what? It seems like today, we don't want to, I don't know how to say this. We don't want to offend anybody. We want everybody to feel good. But you know that Jesus said, I didn't come for peace. I came with a sword. <laughs> because there's a division that goes on. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the division. The division is having life and not having life. And, and I don't want to hurt, but we need to live in reality. Not everybody's going to heaven. The ones going to heaven are the ones that know the Son. Watch this. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. It's out there for us. The table is spread. God's already provided everything that we need, but we got to be partakers. we got to sit at the table. <laughs> and this life is in His Son. The one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son does not have life. Listen, folks. We've been overwhelmed lately of how many people leave in this world. But I almost wonder, you hear people say things and see things, and you wonder, do we really think everybody goes? Is everybody that passes away better off? I mean, I hear that over and over. People and somebody, and I'm not saying people's testimonies are not clear, but the Word doesn't say everybody's going, just those who know the Son. And our testimony's found in that. <laughs> it's not found in the goodness of who and who I am, even, not even my job, not even what kind of parent and a, and, a, and a spouse I am, a person in society. I'm going to heaven today because I know the Son, S-O-N. And <laughs> as good as that is, I got one more better than that, and he knows me. That's the great news. So there's the message. Secondly, when I think about the cross, I also think about the mirror of the cross. It's amazing how many people have opinions today. Have you noticed? The thing I often know about people's opinions, it's hardly ever about themselves. <laughs> they have an opinion about everybody else, what everybody else should be doing. It's amazing how we view ourselves. It's amazing how we play those games. I'll give you a perfect example. Just follow along with me. How many of you, and I know I'm a big old boy, but I catch myself, especially the older I get, when I walk by 
the mirror this way, when I see myself in the mirror, the first thing I do is I, I drag it in a little bit. Huh? All you that laughed, you know what I'm talking about. The ones that didn't laugh are lying. That's what I'm talking about. We just do it because we play this game. We, we can't hardly breathe till we get out of the rest out of the bathroom and we get back to another room without a mirror. We play this opinion thing of ourselves. We, we view ourselves. But let me tell you what the cross does. When you get to the cross, you don't see yourself the way you see yourself. We see ourselves the way God sees us. <laughs> it's just like the Word. It's just like our prayer closet. It's amazing. When you get along with God, it's just like worship, isn't it? We get here and come to church. Isn't it amazing? How many times we thought, man, I'm going through that, and Brother Jay's talking about it. That's the way God works. Because when you come to the cross, you don't play that game anymore. Because God shows you who you really are. And you know what? There's good times. There's times when you're walking in all the light and you have a blessed time with the Lord. It's not always conviction and he's hooking you up to the scourging post. I want to show you something. that just It's amazing when we see the cross. That's the reason we have the decor we do around here. And people ask the questions about things. You know, I hope you understand that's the way you decorate it and, and have necklaces around our neck and things that we do. I'll show you some of that in a minute. But it's the mirror of the cross. I want to show you something today, just a, a visual. And, and, and the light back here doesn't help us. But can everybody, some of you got to turn around. But can you turn around and just see the, the light of the cross? See, it's amazing that when we can just get to the cross. How many times I've thought that in my own life? If I can just get to the cross. Listen to me in the day and age we're living in. Everybody wants to talk about equality. Everyone talks about gender equality. Everybody wants to talk about racial things and all the things. And, and a lot of times, and this is just Jay, and it'll get me in trouble for saying it. It's on Facebook. But a lot of people want to talk about that stuff to the point of it because it divides and doesn't unify us. I want to talk about what brings us all to the same place in equality. You really, here's equality. Equality is found at the cross. Because Jesus didn't die for some. He, did, he didn't die for just a few folks. He died for all of us. And i got to be reminded that the same blood that came out of my Savior for my redemption came out of my Savior for your redemption. And how dare me devalue anybody, regardless of the way they look or what they do, because Jesus loves them just like he loves me. Do you get it? And the mirror of the cross shows us that. When I see the cross, when I get to the cross, it shows me who I am. I meant to do this. You, you can pull the lights up, guys. I meant to show this a little earlier, but... Uh, I have been fascinated with the cross. I have dozens of different kinds of crosses. Um, these two were given to me by two individuals of our church that are in heaven today. And literally on their deathbed, weeks before they passed away, this one, days, this one, cherished memories, the cross. Other things, we talk about Crescio around here. This is my walk to Emmaus cross, Glenn, that I received in Georgia when I went to walk to Emmaus. It's a treasure thing. I don't, I don't wear necklaces. I used to not wear bracelets, but I wear my paying it forward one. Uh, another one's a young man that, uh, he's probably my age, but he found the Lord. He was homeless, and he began to make crosses. And uh, he was selling crosses basically the way he was making a living. It's amazing, his story that was told for several years. He gave this the last Sunday when I was in Georgia, when I was moving here, he took it off of his neck 
and handed it to me. And I was giving him one of those, no, you're not doing that. And he said, yes, I am. And he walked off after he handed it to me. I've been very fascinated. Glenn might remember this. This is a walk to Emmaus. I did a spiritual. I was a spiritual leader one time. walked to Emmaus, and they gave it to me. There was a lot of circumstances because of that walk. It was unusual. So I've been very fascinated. But I also want to show you one today that just first time I saw it, Bo said this was laid on his heart. I took this off the cross wall. I didn't tell him I was going to do it, so he couldn't tell me I couldn't. But uh, Bo had a mold, and he made 30 pieces of silver. And he made the, the, the thing, and the pouch has the verses on it where Judas got paid for betraying Jesus. You know, if we could get a fresh awareness of the cross today, that mirror of the price that Jesus paid. My sins cost a lot more than 30 pieces of silver. I want to tell you this. I believe in everything about me that I deserve no better than hell itself. Oh, Brother Jay, you've been a good person. No, my sins, though they were like scarlet, they became white as snow because of the blood. And that price that Jesus paid, he paid for you. You need to be reminded of that today. That mirror, do you feel it? Do you feel it going on the inside? That's what it happens. That's the power of the cross that God reveals to us where we are and reminds us of what he's done for us. And Bo depicted that so well, and that was on the cross wall. The mirror. When I think about two more I want to give you today, when I think about the cross, I'm also reminded about the marks of the cross. The cross will change you. There's no way to stay the same if you experience the cross in your life. There's no way possible. Somehow we try to do that in Christianity that I've accepted Christ, but he doesn't change my life. I talked about that last week. How in the world can we say we're changed and, and, and we've had an encounter with Christ that's not followed up by environment? The marks of the cross. Paul said it best in Galatians six seventeen. He said, from now on, let no one cause me trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Shouldn't there be marks? I don't know if you've ever thought about this or even, even heard it before, but did you know there's a very good possibility for all eternity that Jesus will have the marks that were placed on him before and during the cross for my sin and for yours? I said, what about those former things? Don't get me started. It'll take me 10 minutes to explain that one to you. But I do believe, my own personal opinion, he will. I want to cite a couple of things. In John chapter 20, verse 27, the story goes like this. When Jesus was resurrected, Thomas wasn't there. <laughs> and the story goes that they're telling him about Jesus, Thomas, Jesus is alive. And he said, I will not believe it until I put my fingers in the scars. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, the disciples, including Thomas, are in the room and Jesus appears to them. And the first thing he says can't you imagine how low Thomas felt? First thing he said was, here I am. Now, Jay's loosely translated version was, would have said something like this, come get you some of this. Where he turned and he showed him his hands, probably showed him his side, showed him his feet, the scars. Very much believed that Jesus was in a glorified state. It was after the resurrection. So many believe he will carry those scars forever. Even John the Revelator in Revelation 5, 6 says that, that he saw a, a, slam, a, a lamb that would look like he had been slain. So that's enough for me to, to think, at least to, to have a thought along those lines, is that Jesus bears the marks of the cross for you and me. Now listen to me very carefully. I believe that God asked us to have marks as well. There's something wrong if everybody likes us. 
From time to time, I will hear a story that I preach it too strong or too hot or I don't got to listen to all that. And it breaks my heart. I want everybody to like us. We want everybody to stay. We want everybody to accept him. But the word of God doesn't say that. But that doesn't mean that we get to water it down. We got to take those stands. The marks. As Paul said, he buried in his body the marks because the world didn't want it. Most of them. I want to remind you, I talk about the marks here. Mm. Shouldn't we have marks? I wrote it down this way. I preached the whole sermon along these lines. Shouldn't we have splinters? As you and I carry our cross? And you say, oh, Brother Jay, I know where you're headed with this. It's just about that nativity thing or pray and go. That's just part of it. Shouldn't every day, shouldn't I have splinters in my back because I'm carrying the cross that God wants me to carry? And I want to to remind you, sometimes crosses are heavy. Jesus couldn't even make it to Golgotha because his was so heavy. The Son of God, which was also the Son of Man, he couldn't make it. So Simon had to come along and finish the job. Wow. Get him to the cross. I'm saying, shouldn't we have splinters? (laughs) Shouldn't sometimes or another we pray in the garden, let this cup pass from me? God, I can't handle this. This is too much. Didn't the word of God say that God would never put more on us than we're able to bear? Stan Toler, one of my heroes of the faith, wrote a book entitled God's Never Failed Me, but he sure has scared me to death a few times. Aren't there times that we want to say to God, I wish the cross wasn't this heavy? And then I wonder sometimes in their Christian faith, are we ever, are we ever ostracized? Are we ever isolated? People ever joke with us? People ever make fun of us because we stand for Christ? Remember, it's foolishness to somebody who doesn't know Christ. But to us who are redeemed, I believe we should have marks of the cross. Enough said, but I got one more. And it does have to do with today. I believe all of these lead to the ministry of the cross. We stand in front of God. This is what we're going to be known for is how well we carried our cross. How well did you do it? Someone said, Brother Jay, I don't know what it is. Well, tonight, this evening, I should say, at 4.30, we got Brother Rick and, and Ashley father and daughter, that are teaching about spiritual gifts. Why is that important? Because you find out through spiritual gifts what kind of cross you're supposed to carry. A lot of times it's not rocket science. I don't think it's rocket science. Please, I'm not you know, patting myself on the back, but I don't think it's rocket science when you look and say, oh, I see God's giftedness in my life. You just operate in it. It's, it's not way off from the barn somewhere, but sometimes we need that awareness. And I'll tell you this about spiritual gifts. I don't think there's anything more frustrating in the body of Christ when you've got the right person in the wrong position. And they're frustrated because they're not doing what God gifted them to do. That's frustrating. I can't think of anything to be more frustrating. But in understanding this, we all have ministry. We all have a part to play in the body. And this is what it's about. We all have a cross to carry. And I've said this, alluded to it, but I don't want to say this and then I'll transition out of this. here's, Here's the thought. We live in a world, I always mention movie theaters, but it's so much more. You know, uh, Tuesday night, the Braves start in the playoffs, and I'm going to be sitting in my house, and they're going to they're entertain me, and I'm a fan and all those kind of things. And I was a fan yesterday watching the University of Georgia. We become consumers. Hmm. That's the reason the Super Bowl commercials cost the most, because that's the most people at one time in our country and in the world watching the same event. So they really pour millions of dollars into a 30-minute commercial. I mean, 30 second commercial because we're consumers. 
We go somewhere and we're going to pay the bill. We're going to sit down. Somebody's going to serve us. Somebody's going to entertain us and we're going to pay for it. And bless God, we've already taken up the offering today. So entertain me. But the problem with that is not biblical. That's the problem. And I don't want to hurt you. I, I hope we're all in this thing together. And if you're not, you will be. Here's the thing. God didn't call us to be consumers at the cross. He called us to be consumed with the cross. Not feed me, feed me, feed me, but feed me so I can go out and expend for you. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Three of them to be exact. Have you been to the cross? I ask this with much integrity. You can't carry a cross if you haven't been to it. If you've never been converted, what you've heard today is foolishness. You might be enlightened, but it doesn't have a heartfelt thing. you got to know him. Brother Jay, I love the hymn. How do I know he lives? I know he lives because he lives in my heart. I know it's real, you know. But yet there's things, once we know him, like last week, once we have an encounter, God expects things of us as the body of Christ. And this is where we lose folk. I heard a great, listen, I heard a, 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 a pastor, a, a preacher, if I, he's on every television, if, if I told you his name, all of us would know his name. But he said the other day that that's not really what he was called to do. I'm thinking, what? To enlighten people that we are sinners in need of a Savior, that's what we are called to know. And to know him personally. But then, it's not just to be entertained, it's then for us each to carry our cross. So have you been to the cross? Is everybody here, you know him? You would stake all that you are on all eternity that you know him as your Savior. If not, I would love to talk to you. Because you'll never understand the rest of it. It won't make sense until you nail that down. I've seen that too many through the times through the years. Do you know him? Let me ask you this. Have you committed your all to him? I want to show you a verse, Galatians 2.20, really highlights this really well. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Still breathing, but that person doesn't exist anymore because God is Lord. In other words, not only did Christ was crucified, but I've been crucified of who Jay is so that he can be Lord of my life. Watch this. In the life I now live in the body, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So have you committed that? I think there's a lot of dissatisfaction in spirituality if you never do this. We're just banking that we're going to heaven, but this war is still going on within us. And then the third thing I want to ask you, are you carrying your cross? And if you don't know what your cross looks like or can look like, then you need to get involved and find out about spiritual gifts. So it all works together. And sometimes the church, and I take responsibility, just local church, but I think the church as a whole, we've done a terrible job enlightening people about after salvation walk with God. Because today we're all about our 401K and about our portfolio and all that stuff, right? It's okay in its own way. But shouldn't we have something within us in Jesus Christ that says, I want to live in such a way that when I leave here, I got nothing left. Isn't that what Paul said? I fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me in heaven a crown of righteousness. And not only for me, but for all those that love is appearing. I wrote this down, and it's the thing. It, it talks about death, and many times we mess this up. We die to Christ and then carry our cross. Jesus carried his cross, then died for us. 
See, he carried his cross as far as he could. He said to the Father, please, if there's any way that we can get past this cross thing, can this cup pass for me? But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Now, we come to God, and God expects us to say, thy will be done. So we die to self, and we carry our cross. LakeshoreCMC.org